you're listening to Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. We now bring you pro-life activism from creation to death with Jim Sedlak. Hello and welcome to pro-life activism from creation to death. This is the program that is intended for all those involved in the struggle to build a culture of life in the United States. Uh, each week we try to keep you updated on what's going on and there's certainly a lot of news in the pro-life field this week, and we're going to try to cover all of it. Uh, but before we get into that, we want to begin our program the way we always begin our program, and that and that is asking you to pray a Hail Mary together with me to ask the Blessed Mother to shower God's graces on all involved in today's program so that our discussion will lead us to the message that she wants each of us to get at this moment. And so if you would join me, please. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thank you so much for saying that prayer with me. It is always a good idea whenever you start a new activity during the day to call on the Blessed Mother and to ask her to shower God's graces on that activity. Okay, it has been a whirlwind week in the pro-life movement this week. I'm going to talk about my first major story today uh, that we didn't even dream of when I was on the show last week and talking to you. And that was all brought about by the death of Associate Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who died last Friday evening. And just a whole mess of activity since then. And we'll try to try to describe for you exactly where we are right now and uh, and what's what's going to be happening or at least what everybody thinks is going to be happening over the course of the next uh, actually few weeks um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg died. She was a pro-abortion justice. There, there's no other way to describe her. I mean, on other topics, she may have been good or bad. But as far as abortion was concerned, she always voted in favor of abortion. She never had a, a problem at all with saying it is OK for a uh, mother to kill her child. Um, it, it, it was you know surprising. Um, but that's that's the position she take she took and and it really is you know a a positive for the pro life movement that there will be the opportunity to change the supreme court justice now we don't celebrate anybody's death especially um, someone who has been, uh, as far as uh, we know, and of course by her record, has been on the wrong side of a of the basic life issue. Uh, one who has um, voted, as I said, consistently in favor of killing God's children. Uh, we simply ask God or pray to God to have mercy on her soul. That. That's that's what we do. And, and we, we pray to God to have mercy on all the souls of the faithful departed um, and, and all people who die. Let's let God make the decisions. Uh, but here on Earth, with an opportunity now to replace a justice in the Supreme Court with a pro-life justice is fantastic. And that's what 
the activity has been about in the uh, in in the last week uh, within the pro-life movement. Um, President Trump has announced that he will announce um, the his candidate uh, to replace Justice Ginsburg tomorrow night. That's that's uh, Saturday night, uh, September 26th. Um, depending on where you are in the country, it may be five o'clock, six o'clock. And of course, some of the, even if they announce the time, it sometimes gets delayed. But tomorrow night on Saturday, September 26th, President Trump has said that he will announce his nominee to replace uh, Ginsburg on the Supreme Court. And the reason that he's waiting that long is he wanted to make sure that Ginsburg's funeral and stuff was was done, was all over with. OK, uh, he didn't want to um, in, interpose himself uh, in this week of mourning for, for the justice and of uh, the, you know, the viewings and, and everything else that was going on. So he, he put off the announcement until tomorrow night. Now, uh, just uh, I'd just like to give you a quick outline of what we think is going to happen once the president uh, makes his announcement of who the nominee is. And there's a couple of front runners, but I'm not going to mention any names here because I don't want people going away thinking that I know who it it is because we don't. I don't. And most people don't. Uh, but what we do know is when the president makes that announcement, the nomination, then the next thing that happens is the nomination goes to the United States Senate and the United States Senate must confirm the nominee in order for her. And, and the reason I say her is that Trump has said he wants to uh, nominate a woman. So we believe it's going to be a woman uh, that the Senate will will confirm her. And then after the Senate confirms her, then she can move to take a place on the Supreme Court. So the question is, how long will it take the Senate to confirm her? Well, what is needed today, these days, is simply a majority of the United States Senate voting to confirm her. All right. So there's 100 senators. So 51 senators. Um, voting for the uh, nominee would confirm her to the Supreme Court. At the present time, there are 23, I'm sorry, there are 53 Republicans in the United States Senate. Now, two of them are, are pro-abortion Republicans. Um, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska and Susan Collins of Maine um, are, are the darlings of the pro-abortion side, um, although Planned Parenthood is mad at her um, because she was uh, mad at Susan Collins because they don't think that uh, she was as strong as she could be and, and have actually um, backed another person for uh, her seat. Um, the, you know, these two have been votes for the pro-abortion side all the time that they've been in the uh, in the Senate. So uh, and they have announced that they really don't think that the vote should take place or the confirmation vote should take place until uh, after the new year when maybe a new president will be in office. Um, the pro-life people, including President Trump, are saying, no, we want to get it done now. OK, and Trump is is actually pushing and, and others are actually pushing to get it done before the election. Right? Now, the election um, is is uh, very close. It's only 38 days away. Uh, that doesn't give a lot of time. But if you have the votes, you know, all you need to do is get to the vote and, and vote and it's done. Uh, so right now it looks like the Republicans will have 
51 votes. Uh, none of the those 51 Republicans have have called for a delay in the voting. So they are all uh, ready to to vote uh, as soon as um, the, the nomination is made and the process is done and, and it comes to the Senate for a vote. What happens is that uh, the normal practice is the, the nomination would go to the Senate Judiciary Committee. Right. And the Senate Judiciary Committee, which is made up of 22 people, 12 Republicans and 10 Democrats, and neither Susan Collins or Lisa Murkowski are on the Judiciary Committee. So um, the 12 Republicans are presumably uh, Republicans who would vote for the president's nominee. Uh, but it goes to the Judiciary Committee. The Judiciary Committee has hearings and after the hearings are over, uh, they take a vote, and if the nominee gets through the Judiciary Committee, then it goes right to the full Senate for a full vote of the Senate. And so uh, it, it possibly could, could happen very quickly. The problem, of course, is that the Democrats um, – Mostly pro-abortion Democrats are going to do everything they can to stall it because they're hoping that Joe Biden will win the election and will be president next year. And they would like him to to appoint a pro-abortion justice. But uh, right now, uh, the president has to nominate. It then goes to the Senate Judiciary Committee, 12 Republicans, 10 Democrats. And by the way, one of the Democrats on that committee is Kamala Harris. Uh, who is the current nominee for vice president uh, on the Democratic ticket. Um, but 12 Republicans, 10 Democrats in, in the committee, uh, they will at some point take a vote. And if it gets through the committee, uh, it then goes to the full Senate. There are um, 51 Republicans who we would expect would vote in favor of the president's nominee. Um, it's possible that that one of them or two of them might not vote that way. If one of them doesn't vote that way, then you wind up with 50 votes. And if the Democrats also get 50 votes, then the vice president uh, gets to cast a deciding vote. And, and that, of course, is Vice President Mike Pence, one of the major pro-life stars even before he became pro uh, vice president. So, you know, he's going to uh, support the nomination. So we, we it looks by the numbers that there is a very good opportunity to get this done and to get this done quickly. So that's what's that what's what's going on. Uh, I want to inform you, in, in, because action is always part of this, uh, that there is a group. It's called the Pro-Life Coalition. I'm sorry, the Pro-Life Court Coalition. Um, you can you can find their website at ProLifeCourt.com. OK, um, and it is major pro-life groups all across the country who have gathered together um, to see to it that a pro-life justice um, gets selected and then gets confirmed as part of the Supreme Court. Um, it was last active. Um, during the time when, when Brett Kavanaugh was the nominee. And, and of course, he was successfully made his trip through the United States Senate and was confirmed and now sits on the court. And now it's being reactivated. And if you go to that, that website today, you'll find you know a, a few statements about what's going on now. But you'll also find things about Kavanaugh because they haven't replaced that information until after uh, Trump makes his nomination and they know who the nominee is. So um, I, I invite you to, to go to ProLifeCourt.com 
uh, the, the home website of the Pro-Life Co- uh, Coalition. You will find, if you look at the members, that American Life League, uh, where I work, uh, is a member of that coalition. And as things are happening, updates will be given on that website. We, of course, will bring you updates on Fridays here, but, but uh, you'll have more updates at theprolifecourt.com. So I invite you to write that, that website down. Uh, go to it to find out what's going on. You know, there will be calls for activism. Uh, there will be a lot of information there. And, um, you know, this, this whole activity was not even thought of uh, a week ago. But now we're in, in the midst of it, and, you know, we want this thing to, to turn out right. Um, and it would give us another conservative pro-life justice on the Supreme Court. Um, and that, that uh, could spell great things for our movement and for our country. Okay. Now I'm going to switch topics completely on you now uh, as I get to the next topic. We're going to talk about vaccines for covid 19. COVID-19 is the disease caused by the coronavirus. Uh, and, and there are, as you probably have known, uh, you know, President Trump is pushing to have a vaccine developed uh, that can be used um, to help people avoid uh, getting the coronavirus. Um, the statistics on the coronavirus, by the way, it, it, it spreads greatly. Uh, you will see reports on the number of people who have it and the number of people who have died from it. And, and that number passed 200,000 uh, a couple of days ago, uh, which is not good. Uh, but you should know, in case you have relatives or, or, what, or whoever, uh, friends who happen to test positive for the coronavirus, that the survival rate, once you've tested positive, is over 98%. So 98% of the people who test positive for coronavirus do not die, okay? They, they recover from it. Uh, and that's, that should be, you know, so getting the coronavirus is not a death sentence. Do people die? Yes. Have 200,000 people died in the United States since the beginning of the year? Yes. So it's not trivial. It's taking a lot of lives. But I just want people to understand that, just because you get a positive test does not mean you're going to die, right? 98% of the people recover, okay? So we know that. So um, there, there is an effort, as you probably read about in the papers and hear on the Internet and hear on television and radio to develop vaccines. Now, normally, it takes years to develop a vaccine. Okay. Um, some say as many as ten years to develop a vaccine. Um, the the uh, current effort is to do it um, in less than a year. Okay, unheard of. And so there's all kinds of questions about um, the the how safe the vaccine is going to be. And I'm not going to address that here because you know that's not part of the topic of pro-life activism. But there is a concern that is part of what we address here, and that is whether or not the vaccines are derived from aborted fetal cell lines, okay? Uh, in this country, aborted fetal cell lines are used in the research on, in, in many cases to develop vaccines, and they could be vaccines for, you know, mumps, measles, whatever. There's an there's organization that tracks all of that, their name is the Children of God for Life. 
right? Their website is uh, the letter C, the letter O, the letter G, and then for life, F-O-R-L-I-F-E dot org. So C-O-G for life dot org. They keep up not only with the coronavirus uh, vaccines, but with all the vaccines in the country. And they'll tell you which are the good ones, which are the bad ones. And, and they are doing that with the uh, coronavirus virus or the COVID-19 vaccines. Right now, there are four companies that have vaccines in what is called phase three. Phase three is testing on human beings. Thousands and tens of thousands of people are being given under study conditions, are being given the vaccines. Um, and and the, the purpose is to see whether or not the vaccines are effective in either that preventing them from getting the, the disease or in um, helping them get a reduced uh, version of the disease so it is not as serious as before, um, you know, if, as if they hadn't taken any vaccine. So there are four companies that have uh, the vaccines in the phase three testing. And three of the four companies, their vaccines are derived from aborted fetal cell lines. One of them is okay. One of them has has another source and is not uh, derived from aborted fetal cell lines. And because of that, we you know we're, we want to let you know who are the good guys and who are the bad guys right now. All right, and this can change because you know new people could come in and there may be new companies into phase three, and we will try to monitor this for you and bring you updates as it happens. So let me just tell you the four companies and, and you know, how they stand. So company number one is Pfizer and, and Pfizer, that's P-F-Z-I-E-R, Pfizer. Okay. Pfizer is the good guy. Right. When you when you read in newspapers or listen to newscasts and they talk about the Pfizer vaccine, it's a vaccine that is good. It was ethically derived. It doesn't come from aborted fetal cell lines. We're all rooting at this moment for the Pfizer vaccine uh, to be the one that gets approved because it is an ethical vaccine. The other three companies are all have vaccines that are derived from aborted fetal cell lines. Um, they are the AstraZeneca, the Moderna, M-O-D-E-R-N-A, and the Johnson & Johnson vaccines. So AstraZeneca, Moderna, M-O-D-E-R-N-A, and Johnson & Johnson, who all have vaccines in phase three testing, their vaccines are derived from aborted fetal cell lines. And so um, we would consider them unethical vaccines. And, you know, there, there have been bishops around the country who said they would never take a vaccine that came from aborted fetal cell lines. And so just know that when you're listening to the news and when they're talking about the vaccines, Pfizer is good, right? Johnson & Johnson, Moderna, and AstraZeneca at this moment are all bad. And I say at this moment, the ones that are in testing, of course, they're always going to be bad because they're always going to be designed. But it's possible that one of these companies in the future may have a vaccine that is ethically derived and enter that vaccine. And so they may have a good one in addition to the bad one. But they don't right now. And so that's what we want to know.
Okay. Again, if you want to keep up to date on this, and I really suggest you do, go to Children of God for Life's website. It's C O G for Life, F O R L I F E dot org. And if you go there and you, you click on vaccines and look at their vaccine chart, um, and then they, they will have a line there for coronavirus vaccines. And if you click on that, you will get the complete list. Of all the good ones that that our people are working on, and all the bad ones that people are working on, and who what companies are working on which, so uh, you can keep up to date yourself. But we're going to bring you updates here as they occur, so that uh, you know you can stay current and you can know you know which of the vaccines are good and which are not. American Life League has sent letters to to President Trump and to the all the members of Congress uh, pointing out that uh, we don't want vaccines from the uh, from aborted fetal cell lines and asking them not to approve any of those vaccines for government funding. Um, and uh, we, uh, we we've recently uh, this week uh, sent uh, emails to people um, who are working with, on this uh, and, and, you know, just giving our position that, yeah, Pfizer is good and the others are not good and, and hoping that that Pfizer will, will you know, rise to the top on this. So that's that's what we're, we, we've got to tell you on the on, on the vaccines. OK, uh, before we go any any further, I just want to remind people who may be uh, just tuning in that you're listening to me. My name is Jim Sedlak, and you're listening to Pro-Life Activism from Creation to Death on RadioMaria.us, a Christian voice in your home. Uh, so far on the show today, we've been talking about the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg um, and the, the effort that will begin in earnest uh, tomorrow, September the 26th, when President Trump announces his nominee to replace Ginsburg. Um, and he he has indicated number one that it will probably be a woman, um, and number two that is going to be one that's acceptable to the pro life community. Okay, so uh, we're looking forward to that, and we've talked about the vaccines that are currently in phase three development and being widely tested, and pointed out that the vaccine from Pfizer is the good vaccine. And the ones from the other three companies, Johnson & Johnson, Moderna, and AstraZeneca, are all derived from aborted fetal cell lines and, and uh, should not be pursued. Okay. Uh, President Trump actually attended by, attended by way of video uh, a event in, in Washington, D.C. Uh, this week. Uh, the event was the National Catholic prayer breakfast. Uh, it's an event that has been going on for years. This year, it went on virtually, right? There was no, you know, gathering and nobody ate breakfast at a hotel in Washington, D.C., as we have in past years. It was virtual this year. President Trump addressed the group. He gave a four-minute talk. And in the talk, he, he uh, revealed that he is going to be issuing an executive order to protect babies born alive. All right now, everybody, you know, immediately jumped to to legislation that the pro life um, many in the pro life community have tried to get passed in in uh, Washington D.C., um, which the legislation is the, um, the the Born Alive Infant Protection Act. the The actual wording of Trump's 
executive uh, order uh, is not available yet. Uh, we we don't know you know what state it is of development, but it's not available yet. So we don't know what the actual wording is. Uh, those in Washington D.C. who are familiar detailed familiar with with what goes on there and what a president can and cannot do with an executive order point out that the president cannot you know issue a law right only congress can can make a law uh the president can issue executive orders on um how his administration is going to make sure that existing laws are enforced and there are laws on the books that um say that uh if if a child is born alive um, that the child should receive medical treatment. Um, and the president will, will most likely have an executive order saying that that law is going to be enforced. The other limitation on the president is he can't tell the states what to do. He can't tell independent abortion facilities what to do. He is limited to, to telling um, people or, or entities that receive government money for funding what to do because you know he he can then say well we we in the federal government won't give you any money if you if you don't follow um this this executive order and so that probably would affect hospitals there is questions right now as to whether it would affect planned parenthood but we think it would um, but we'll know more about this uh, once the executive order is written and, and when it is, you know, hopefully it'll be written sometime this week, even if it isn't released, we'll be able to get what the wording is and we can tell you more about it in next week's program and bring you up to speed on it. But I, I have gotten a lot of phone calls uh, yesterday uh, about this executive order and, you know, people are asking, what is in it? What does it say? You know, what, what, what is, you know, uh, how, what's the effect going to be? And the only answer I can give them is we don't know yet because it's not written yet. So we don't have the wording of the executive order. So um, the president announced something he was going to do and he made that clear. He said, I will release, um, not that I've, already released or will today I'm releasing, he said, I will release. And so he indicated that it was something he would do in the future. So if, if you've been hearing about this, if you heard about it on the news or from your local pro-life groups and you're wondering, you know, what's going on, what's the status, that's the status right now. And, and I, hope, uh, I hope I'll be able to, get, to bring you really good news at, at uh, some time uh, very soon and, and maybe uh, in, in next week's show. You know, it all depends on obviously on how things go and, and when the president does what he's going to do. OK, um, all of that being said, I want to move forward to talk about the elections, which is what we thought was going to be the hot topic, you know, for September and October. You know, we didn't think about a Supreme Court justice. Uh, God just threw that one in there on us. OK, so the elections. So let me tell you about the elections. All right. And and one thing that we all should know from past elections is don't believe any of the polls. OK, everybody likes to poll. Everybody likes to come up with numbers. This guy's ahead by by four points in this state. And this person is ahead by nine points in this state. And this person who won this state last time is behind by, you know, seven points this time. You know, yeah, I mean, they got to have something to tell you. Right. But don't believe it. Right. The last election. I mean, there there are a series of videos on the Internet 
about the last election where President Trump defeated Hillary Clinton. And the, the videos are all about all of the people right up to the, the election day. All of the people who were saying Trump could never win. All the polls were saying Trump could never win. OK. And this has happened you know, in the past uh, in other elections. So, so it's not just Trump. I mean, this happens with elections. So the first thing I want to say is don't believe the polls. OK. The second thing I want to say is we've got to work. We've got to we've got to tell people we have a pro-life party and we have a pro-abortion party. And we need to elect people from the pro-life party. And, and we have discussed previously on here the um, platforms of each of the Democratic Party and the Republican Party. And all you need to do is look at the platforms and you will understand which is pro-life and, and which is pro-death. Uh, you know, We here at Radio Maria and at American Life League do not endorse candidates, nor do we oppose candidates by name. But we do tell you to vote pro-life. And in this election, you know, sometimes in the elections, both candidates are claiming to be pro-life. All right. That's not the case here. All right. It's all very clear. But vote pro-life. That's that's what we need to happen in the elections. Now, when are the elections? The answer is now, today, yesterday, tomorrow, all across this country. Right, absentee voting ballots are already being sent in the election is going on right now. Now, it depends on the state that you're in. Right? That's, that's when it happens. And there's 50 states, so I am not going to take the time on the radio show to go through all 50 states and tell you where each one of them are because the dates are all generally different. So you can look it up in your state. You know, Find out when, when the elections, um, the absentee balloting is open in your case. Uh, sometimes it can be done by mail. Sometimes it can be done in person. You can still do in-person advance voting in most all states. Okay. Um, but it's happening. Um, I, I have a, a friend of mine who is running for a office in Illinois and, you know, planning his campaign. And, and uh, uh, I got a message from him this morning that he was at the uh, the election office, the, the state election office in uh, in Illinois yesterday. And the the uh, the person who runs that office told them that they are already mailed out. Now, what happens in Illinois is if you want to have an absentee ballot, you request it. And that's the way it's done in most states. Um, you request an absentee ballot and then the the, uh, the election office mails you an absentee ballot and you fill it out and you mail it back. You know, that that's standard practice, you know, uh, have been going on for years. You know, not a lot of people take advantage of it, but but it's there. It's always been there. Well, in Illinois, the 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 state election office told this this candidate that in his district, they have already received requests and are mailing out absentee ballots to a number of people that equals about one third of the people who voted in the last election. Okay. One third of the people have already requested absentee ballots and are being sent absentee ballots. The, the, the election campaign is going on now. Right? Now is the time for you to be active. And this particular candidate was saying that he is, you know, 
is focusing on this weekend and, and getting a, a large number of people out canvassing his district, uh, walking door to door, meeting people, answering questions this weekend because the votes are, are being cast now. You know, it's not in preparation for November 3rd. We're, we're all used to, you know, November 3rd or, or, you know, whatever the first Tuesday in November is. This year is November 3rd. Uh, we're, we're all used to November 3rd is Election Day. And, and you know, yeah, there's going to be some absentee ballots and stuff, but they're, they're, you, they're, they're meaningless because there's not that many of them. And, and so everybody's going to go to the polls on Election Day. And then the results are going to be reported that night. And, you know, by midnight or maybe the next morning, we'll know who got elected to what office. OK, that's the way that we've been operating. It's not that way this year. Uh, in some states, in some localities, judges have approved that the uh, result of the election uh, may not be announced for a week after Election Day to give time for any mailed in ballots to reach the uh, election offices and to be counted okay um so so you have to you have to understand that this is a different year now we don't know what's going to happen and, and there may be a winner of the presidential election uh, announced uh that evening if if you know if it's not close you know if it's a landslide for one side or the other then you know they may just declare a winner that evening and then you know the votes will will support that um, but but, uh, you know, going by the last few elections, that probably will not happen this year. We'll be like a lot of other countries around the world where you have to wait uh, maybe up to a week until you know who won the election. But know that the election is going on right now and be active. We've talked before on this show about how to be active either locally by going to your, your you know, if there's a local politician you support who is pro-life, go to their offices, say, what can I do? Man, they'll have plenty for you to do, right? Um, if, if you don't have a local election like that, get involved in your state elections or your elections to Congress um, and, and just ask what you can do. People will tell you, but this is not an election where you should sit back and do nothing. OK, this is an election where you need to get involved. And, you know, right now, as I said, there's, it's only 38 days until November 3rd, the election day. OK, um, there are going to be presidential debates and they are coming up. The first presidential debate is on September 29th. Um, four days from today, and then there will be two others. There are right now two others scheduled, one on October 15th and one on October 22nd. So you will see the two candidates, um, President Trump and uh, Vice, uh, former Vice President Joe Biden, uh, will be debating each other on, on uh, September the 29th, October 15th, and October 22nd. Uh, while the election is going on, um, very interesting this year. So um, get involved, uh, get involved locally, get involved within your communities. Okay. All right. Now let's, let's talk about uh, an activism that I talked a little about last week, but uh, since it kicked off this week, I, I will talk about it once more. And that is 40 days for life, right? Today is day three of 40 days for life. So 37 more days to go even. Day three is today. Uh, 40 Days for Life is a 
an effort where uh, pro-life people go to abortion facilities or, or a Planned Parenthood facility or, you know, another facility in, in their communities or in nearby communities and they pray uh, and they, they counsel women who are going in for abortion. But in addition to activities at the abortion facilities themselves, there's also an education component where uh, they, they um, distribute literature in the areas near the abortion facilities so that people know what's going on in their, in their community. Uh, and can ask questions and have questions answered by the people who who are going around. Uh, And there's also a very, very big prayer component for people who can't get out, who can't get out in front of the abortion facility or um, to walk a neighborhood, they can pray. Um, And there's specific prayers that that, uh, are for every day. They're announced every day. You get it on an email list. Um, if you can't get on the email list, if you have a computer available, uh, you can get on the website and, and it'll all be on the website. I, this is only day three, but, but I do know that they have already had babies saved. Um, in fact, the first baby was saved the day before 40 days started because in one community there were three people um, who got the day wrong and came out a day early and decided as long as they were there they would they would do the sidewalk counseling and that kind of thing Um, and they had a turnaround they had somebody who decided to keep their baby so even the day before there was a baby saved at 40 days for life and it hadn't even started yet um, 40 Days for Life this year is at 588 locations throughout the world. The overwhelming number of those locations are here in the United States, but it is a worldwide effort. Uh, so, so we invite you to join your local 40 Days for Life campaign. Um, it is the kind of activism where you can take your choice of being in front of the abortion facility, um, distributing literature in, in nearby neighborhoods, or praying. And, and praying um, not only in front of the abortion facility, but at home or in churches or you know whatever is, is being arranged in your community. Um, get involved in, in 40 Days for Life. Uh, again, you know. You know, the 40 Days for Life started on, on Wednesday, September 23rd. It will end on Sunday, November 1st, two days before Election Day. So it is the time to, to spend time in prayer and ask God to save as many babies as we can and to have the election come out on a pro-life side so that we can continue saving babies uh, with a pro-life president for at least the next four years and then hopefully another pro-life president after that uh, so that we can begin to turn the tide around in the, in the United States. There's still over 800,000 babies that die every year through surgical or medical abortions here in the United States. Right. And, and that is an estimated number because there are only 38 of the 50 states that actually report um, the numbers in such a way that they can be accurately counted. Um, in the other states, including the entire state of California, um, there is no reporting or, or there is reporting, but it's it's uh, it's iffy, if you will. It's it's questionable reporting. Uh, but what we know is is over 800,000 babies still die. Every year in the United States. Now, I don't, you know, the the news media this week has been there. 200,000 
coronavirus deaths here in the United States from basically uh, February through now, this now being the end of September. Well, in that amount of time, 500,000 babies, two and a half times as many have died in abortion facilities, and the news media doesn't even want to talk about it. Now, I don't want to compare the two, right? We, we, it's not a choice of which one we fight. We should be fighting both of them. But just understand that the numbers of aborted babies overwhelm the deaths due to the coronavirus, right? And we, we just need to, to, uh, to understand what is at stake here in these elections. Okay. Uh, so that's the activism a part of that. We, we do want to bring you a, a, a little news coming out of the Charlotte Lozier Institute. Um, the Charlotte Lozier Institute is part of the Susan B. Anthony List organization, um, and they do a lot of research on abortion, and they publish very good, very accurate reports. And they've, they've issued a report this week on the abortion pill abortions okay um now when we say abortion pill we're not talking about the morning after pill i can't tell you how many times people think that we're when we say abortion pill we're talking about the morning after pill now the morning after pill does cause abortions okay but it causes abortions prior to implantation in the womb the abortion pill is intended to kill babies that have already implanted in the womb. So a, a little later in the pregnancy than, than what the morning after pill will do. The industry calls the abortion pill the abortion pill. They also calls it a medication abortion or a medical abortion. The, the, uh, the brand the name for the pill is Mifeprex, right? Or the generic name Mifeprestone, Okay. For anybody who's been in a pro-life movement for a long time, you would know it by its research name, which was RU486. Okay, so this is all the same thing. RU486, Mifeprex, Mifepristone, the abortion pill, medication abortion, all those are names given to the same pill that kills babies in the womb after implantation. And it is a growing trend in the United States. It, it got its approval uh, during the last days of the Clinton administration, and the Clinton administration ended in 2000. So we're talking about the very late um, 1990s or, or the year 2000. Uh, and, and so we've had 20 years of the abortion pill. Okay, and right now, according to the the information released from the Charlotte Lozier Institute this week, the 40 percent of the abortions done in the United States today are done by the abortion pill. Sixty percent are still done by surgical abortion, but the abortion pill has taken over 40 percent of the ways to kill babies in the womb. A really, I mean, uh, just just dramatic number, okay? And the abortion industry is looking for more and more ways to use the abortion pill to kill babies in the womb. Right? So we, we need to be aware of this. It was something that is kind of behind the scenes, but it is now coming out. Um, there are many locations in the country where they don't do surgical abortions but will provide the abortion pill. 
Um, 85% of those locations are run by Planned Parenthood, right, who runs the largest abortion chain in the nation. But, but 85% of the abortion pill-only lo- locations are run by Planned Parenthood. Um, it is a growing threat, and there is much effort in the United States to try to make these pills available by mail. Incredible. Right. And so there are fights going on in Washington, D.C. right now where the the abortion industry is trying to uh, convince the Food and Drug Administration to approve these pills to be sent by mail. And you can imagine what is going to happen, the devastation that is going to happen uh, and the rise in abortion numbers that is going to take place if a, a person who wants to kill their child doesn't even have to go to a clinic They can get a prescription by way of telehealth and then have the abortion provider simply mail them the pills. Um, And and we don't have time on this program to to go through all of the bad effects, but it is going to be a nightmare. There are going to be women dying all over the country because they took these pills at home with no medical supervision whatsoever. And, uh, and, And they may not live anywhere close to a medical facility that can take care of the the bad results uh, that they're going to have. Uh, One out of 17 of these abortions require a surgical abortion afterwards to finish things up, right? In other words, they're incomplete abortion, one out of 17. And, you know, if if 40% of of, uh, 800,000, so you have 320,000 of these abortions taking place in the United States, Every year, and one out of seventeen will need to be to go to a surgical facility because of the problems that they are having um, because they took the pill. So um, it is absolutely incredible uh, what is going on, and the current administration, as far as we can determine, is is not giving in to the abortion administration. But who knows what a new administration might do? And might do, therefore, to the health of women and, and young girls. I mean, let's face it, a lot of the people who will be getting these pills through the mail will be young teenagers who have found themselves pregnant and don't want mom and dad to know. And so they, they, they think if they just take this pill, and actually there's two pills, but if they just take the pills, everything will be okay. Nobody will ever know. And that's not what the outcome is going to be. So uh, we need to just be up to date on that and, we, and we'll, we'll keep you up to date on that. Um, but, you know, it's been a, a really interesting week this week. Uh, we have the Supreme Court nomination uh, coming up tomorrow and then the debate on the nomination and the vote probably coming up before the election. Uh, we have the election itself where we're trying to make sure that pro-life people are being elected to uh, you know, all the offices in this country. And we encourage you to find out you know, and vote for pro-life candidates uh, for every office that, that is up for election. Um, this is not the time to be quiet. This is not the time to say, oh, gee, there's a lot of happening. I'll get involved sometime. The, the next uh, the next. Uh, 40 days or so in this country um, are going to tell about our future. They're going to tell about babies being killed or being saved. And you need to be part of that. This is pro-life activism from creation to death. And we hope that you will be part of that and not sitting on the sidelines. Um, 
we we've reached the end of our program so we end our program that we always do, the way we always do by asking our blessed mother mother of god spread the effective grace of thy flame of love over all of humanity now and at the hour of our death amen thank you so much for listening 